Wow. Logan's going off to college here, right? Yes. Married man. <laughs> Thanks for serving, bro. Appreciate it. We'll see you later. Wow, there's these mornings like this where God just kind of does this. So good. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to get a Kleenex here. I referenced a book that I had uh, read. Um, I don't know. I think I shared that I had read it earlier about six, nine months ago. Um, it's by this gal who's a Korean, a Christian, and back in World War II, and she was arrested and imprisoned for her faith uh, as a Christian over in Korea. And it's just story after story of unbelievable torture, persecution, and this woman's uh, inconquerable faith in the middle of that and love. And there's a story in there of this one moment. There's, there's a guard who was an evil guard. Fujita was her name. I hope I'm saying that correctly, but she was evil. And, and she was the worst of all the guards. And uh, she told the story of this one Christian woman who was older and frail and had always, in her walk with Jesus, woke up in the morning and sang out loud worship songs to Jesus and figured well, it doesn't matter if I'm in prison for my faith or outside, I'm still going to sing to my Savior. And so every morning she would worship Jesus out loud, and Fujita had had enough of it, and uh, one morning just bound her hands behind her after she'd been singing, uh, and then put a, a, a stick in her mouth, jammed it back, and, you know, cutting into her cheeks, and, and then tied it, and then put dirty cloth inside her mouth so you couldn't even hear her and she basically couldn't hardly breathe and Esther the, the one who's writing the book thought she was going to die like didn't think she would actually survive and Jesus writes this bless those who persecute you bless and do not curse Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him, feed her. If he or she is thirsty, give her or give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. There was moments in the life of Jesus when he said things, and if you're newer to, like, the Bible or Christianity and you're trying to figure it out, there's, 
The Bible's kind of split into two sections, and the, section sex, the second section starts with four books of men who walked with Jesus, um, and they just tell the stories of Jesus' life. And often this would happen, where Jesus would say something, and people, it said, walked away. Just people walked away. Like, he's talking, and he says something like, bless those who persecute you. And, and they're like, yeah, I'm out. Walk away. I mean, what does walk away mean? It, it, it's, this, it's this visible sign that I am not going to do that. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm out. Like, no, I'm not in for that. Said that a lot of times. People walked away. Too hard. Too impossible. Bless those who persecute you. Bless, don't curse. Leave room for God's wrath. Don't, don't take revenge. If your enemy's hungry, feed him. No. <laughs> I'm going to walk away from that. That's crazy. That's nuts. You and I woke up this morning in a cursed world. We saw it last night on the news both in Texas and then in Dayton. We, we live in a cursed world. This world, we wake up every day with the way the world says to deal with enemies. And it's destroy them, kill them, make them pay, curse them. Get your revenge. And we see this modeled, our president, the leaders of the Democrats, the leaders of the Republicans, they model this for us as a nation. Get revenge. Make people pay. Our news, where we get our news, they model this. Fight, destroy, kill. Watch your movies. The actors... How many movies out there do you see where the, the theme is, no, bless those who persecute you? Don't take revenge. I mean, it's not that. It's, no, take justice into your own hands. Kill them. Destroy them. Give each other a high five as you walk away. That, that's the world we live in. That's the world we're immersed in. And, and Christ comes in and he says, bless those who persecute you how convinced are we of this how i guess the the question i think christ would have us wrestle with is how committed are we to the way of christ and that often was an, an old-fashioned term are, are you following the way i mean the the somebody actually when they wrote a version of the bible they called it the way are, are you are you in the way are you walking in the way of jesus the path Jesus has walked. This whole theme was set off in Romans 12, 9. Let love be genuine. And it starts to explain what that is. And that love is God love, agape love, unconditional love. Let your unconditional love be genuine. 
And what Jesus starts to say is, I, I, in, in fact, I want your love to be genuine, not just among each other. Now I, I want to talk about your love for your enemy. And I want your love to be genuine. I want you to have unconditional love for your enemy. We like God's unconditional love. I mean, Romans 5, this is interesting. It says, when we were God's enemies, he loved us. We love that. But as soon as we get love and we're on the other side of it, then when he says, no, I want you to give that kind of love, my kind of a love to other people who are your enemies, we're like, yeah, not so much. People that hurt us, people that say things about us, people that have destroyed us, people that have criticized us, people that just for whatever reason, they've hurt us. Are you kidding me? Love my enemies? Bless my enemies without condition? You're nuts. Yeah, someone shared their story here on a Sunday morning, I don't know, 15 years ago, something like that, 14 or 15, and it's just an awful story. And, and they talked about how they learned early on in, in life, like as a grade schooler, that this is how you have to go through life. You go with your fists up, and you're ready to knock anybody out that comes at you. That's how they learned life. Painful things happened. And they just said, all right. Some of you, uh, even as Christians, are, are still walking through like this. You don't take anything from anybody. Ain't nobody rolling over you. And Jesus says, follow my way. Follow my path. Bless those who persecute you. Let go of your fists. Maybe do this. Don't take revenge. It's a narrow, narrow, narrow path. It's not wide. It's not easy. Very few take it. Are you taking it? Paul explains what this looks like. Uh, talks about this idea of making peace as far as it depends on you. He says, if possible. Meaning, it may not be possible. As far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. He, he puts out this caveat that says, hey, look. You and I can want peace as much as we want. But we can't control how somebody else is going to live and respond. So it's not up to us to make sure we have peace. It's up to us to live in peace. Because we can't assure ourselves that we will ever have peace on this world. But we can walk in the way of Christ and be people of peace. Are, are you someone, as far as possible, living at peace with people? You know, we get a new name when we start to live this way. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called a child of God. Peacemakers stand out. They just do. Peacemakers stand out in a world where there's so much hatred and animosity. 
And, and what do people say? It's like, eh, that's not of this world. There's something different about that person. They just see it. You see it. You know it. The child of God. Are you one who seeks peace, seeks to make peace? Or are you holding back or are you going at people? It's not the way of Christ. He also says this about this idea of our enemies and blessing and bless those who persecute us. What does this look like? He goes on and he says this uh, in verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He's quoting an Old Testament passage. That's a, a resting phrase. Leave it to the wrath of God. Another version has let room or leave room for God's wrath. I would imagine, think of it this way, like um, I wish I had a big bucket that just contained all our hurt, whatever's happening, somebody's coming after us, but let's just say it's this and it's this big bucket. And what we do is we say, okay, God, it's yours. We create room. Let me ask you a question. When it comes to how people are treating you and your hurt and your pain and your wounds, are you carrying it with you and you're holding it like this and you won't let God get in there and do anything because he's got no room. You've got it. I've got it. We're holding on to it. What this says is, no, you put it down with the judge and you step back. It's yours. How far back are you from it? Are you still crowding it? Like, what are you going to do, God? When are you going to smite them? Right? You're watching it. You're waiting for justice to come, and, and you're helping them. God, I got some ideas. I know what you could do. Or do we give him room? Back off. Getting justice, you'll find this in the Bible. Interesting. You'll never see God say, go get your justice, ever. But what he does say is, I want you to fight for the broken. I want you to defend and help the orphan and the refugee and the immigrant. Go fight for the justice of others. Leave the justice you think you need up to me. Step away from it. Isn't that interesting? God has perfect justice, and we don't. You know, it's interesting about that story of Esther over in Korea is the next morning, the evil guard who had just put that gag and hurt that woman I almost killed her. Her name was Fujita, right? She came in the next morning and she slumped against the wall and she looked at another guard and she says, my legs, my legs won't move. Ended up helping her out of the prison, sent her home and she died shortly thereafter. The second day, this Christian woman wakes up and the whole prison hears her Weekly singing praise to God. And the guard that was over 
the morning just stood and said nothing. It's dangerous to fall under the wrath of God. His justice is perfect. And I think sometimes what happens is God says this, I I don't want you close to justice because really, if we think about it, we don't want justice for someone else if you have God's unconditional love. You don't. Because God didn't give us justice. He didn't give us the justice we deserve. He poured that out on Christ, right? And so he's saying, "Would, would you create some room for me to work? Because what if your suffering creates a moment where this person can meet me? What if that's what's going on? And we're so consumed with our rights and what's ours and getting justice, and God's like, would you just step back? Let me work. Because I could do something with this. I could use your suffering in a way that you don't see. And it won't make your, your suffering meaningless. It'll make your suffering last in meaning for eternity. There was a, a story, just finished reading a book called In the Snows, and it's the story of a couple that went over to Nepal to translate an unknown language from scratch, an unknown language, do the whole grammar thing, all that, create their own vocab, and teach them how to read and write in their own language, and he printed the Bible, and it's this amazing, amazing story. It came out about eight years ago, the story. This happened back in the 1970s, and um, um, in the snows, is that, that's the name of it? At the foot of the snows, right? I'll, I'll tell you, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, so Christians come to the Lord, it's amazing, they start getting persecuted. They're in one village and there's like seven guys or eight guys, I think, if I remember correctly, and, and, and it's just awful what they're doing. They're just beating the feet of these guys day in for like three or four days. They're bruised, they're bloody, and they keep coming back and hitting them. And one of the guys, they're just breaking. It's, it's awful. It's inhumane. It's so demonic what's going on. And one of the guys just feebly says, Lord, we can't, we can't do another day. And in that moment, the whole village is around them, laughing at them, mocking at them, you know, saying, keep doing it, encouraging the guys who are doing it. And in that moment, this wind came down out of the mountains. They're, they're at they're around peaks that are 20, 30, 20, not 30, 20, 25,000 feet high peaks. I mean, this is mountain country. This wind comes sweeping down out of the mountains and threatens to throw all their homes. I mean, it's, they're grass huts, right? They're nothing strong, and it's blowing everything, you know, to Timbuktu, which is in Africa. Freaks them all out, right? They go running. And pretty soon, all that's left, because they're trying to save their homes from this wind, and they're running from it. They're left there, these six guys, just left there. It's just them, bound up on the ground. Nobody's around. And then finally, a couple people come back, untie them, and say, please leave. You got to get out of here. We don't know what your God is or something, but the effect was, we know this is your God. Please leave us before he destroys us. 
God can do justice. God can do his work. And I, I wonder if part of the real issue is we just don't trust him with our justice. We don't trust him to really figure it all out. God, you don't, you don't know all the pain. You don't know all that's happened. How I know I can get revenge. God's like, you can't. He says, actually, instead of getting revenge, to the contrary, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. On the contrary, boy, I mean, you would talk about a contradiction. Bless him. Give, give him something to eat. Have you ever done this? Somebody's your enemy. You are in conflict, profound conflict. And have you ever asked, stop long enough to say, Lord, how can I meet their need? Wah, wah, wah. How can I meet their need? I wonder what needs they have. That's the last thing we want to do. I'll give them a need. I'll create a need really quick, right? That's what we want, and he's saying no. I was <laughs> talking about this with Joe and my, and my daughter, and I'm like, what do you do with this statement at the end that says, and you, you'll heap burning coals on their head? Because that just sounds so good, right? Like, oh, I'm going to do this and watch them burn. I'm going to throw a coal <laughs> right at them. <laughs> If that's how you're reading that passage, you might have missed the spirit of what's going on there. Someone was just talking to me afterwards. Actually, what that was in that time is they would carry these bronze uh, things on their head or that would carry coals. So if their fire burned out, they would go to somebody else for coals. You know, coals were a precious commodity. If you didn't have a coal, how do you start the fire? And, and they said, no, it could be that image. I'm not sure if it is, but it could be this image of when we meet their needs, it's as if we're helping them start a fire, helping them provide for themselves, cook a meal. And I don't know which one it is. I know my flesh I know which one <laughs> I want it to be. Um, but he's like, no, th this is the way of Christ. Look, this is how it works. When somebody is your enemy, you bless them, and it means you, you sit back and you go, Lord, show me their need. How can I meet their need? And it's just so contrary to everything you have been taught and immersed in in this culture and what we see modeled by the leaders of our country. It's just contrary And then he ends with this. Actually, just one thing. Um, Rob Reamer in his book, Soul Care, talks about this idea of ending his life with no enemies. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about going to your grave with no enemies? 
a real practical thing you could do in the morning, and maybe for several weeks if you've got some enemies, is wake up and say, Lord, would you bless them? Not with judgment. Lord, bless them with judgment. Give it to them, Lord. It's, it's good. Your justice is, give them justice. No, bless them. Bless them with God's peace. Bless them with God's grace. Right? The, the right kind of blessing, not the self-serving kind of blessing that makes, you know, it's all about you. Perhaps God wants you to do that. This section ends with this final verse. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not, overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You know what's interesting is all through this, what sets this whole thing up is personal pronouns. He, she, you could go either way on that. All the way through that. They're personal pronouns. It's person, 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 person. And then you get to the end and what does Paul say? Do not be overcome by evil. Wait a minute. And what Paul says here at the end of the verse is, our struggle is not with people. If you're fighting people and you follow the way of Christ, you're off the path. The way of Christ is this. We overcome evil. We are not against people. We don't fight people. We don't hate people. We are not enemies with people because that's not our war. We fight evil. And the way you fight evil is not with evil. We have this phrase, fight fire with fire. Okay, so that's just code for get revenge, right? Fight fire with fire. That's just code for I'm going to make them pay. I'll come right back at you. And Christ says, no, no, no. You, we don't win that way. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said about this. This is powerful. I wish I had his voice. I thought about trying to imitate it, but that would have been disaster. So you imagine Martin Luther King Jr.'s voice on how to treat enemies. Through violence, you may murder a murderer, but you can't murder murder. Through violence, you may murder a liar, but you can't establish truth. Through violence, you may murder a hater, but you can't murder hate through violence. Darkness cannot put out darkness. Only light can do that. And I say to you, I have decided to stick with love. For I know that love is ultimately the only answer to humankind's problems, humans, humankind problems. I'm going to talk about it everywhere I go. I know it isn't popular to talk about it in some circles today. And I'm not talking about emotional bosh when I talk about love. I'm talking about a strong, demanding love. For I've seen too much hate. And I say to myself that hate is too great a burden to bear. I have decided to love. God has a vision for your life, and it's not wasting it in revenge, and it is not wasting it 
on thoughts of tearing others down and meeting violence with violence. That is not his way or his vision. His vision and way is so narrow, it is this, love your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. That's the way. He wants us to win. He wants us to have the victory, but not in the way of this world. It's not the way of Jesus. It's not the way he treated me or you and still treats us. It's not how he won. He won with love. And in the middle of what this world would say was defeat, he was still forgiving, loving, seeing the need of someone else's soul. If you can't get free of the pain and the hurt in your past, I get it. You're not the only one. There are so many people that have walked through this door that have so much stuff from their past that it's almost impossible to do this or even to let people in. We have uh, freedom classes. It's, it's just part of our church. Just encourage people to get free from the past. That's all it is. There's two classes coming up here at the end of August. You can sign up for those things. Check it out in the, in the, the weeks to come. But it, people come alongside and they help you figure out what is going on in your soul that you, you aren't free and you're doing this. Because until you get rid of that and are set free from all the stuff you're packing, the baggage you have, it's going to be very difficult not to fight or to keep people at a distance rather than love. We're going to close this time in prayer. This is a moment. God, God is here today, and it may not be about this message. It may be something else that he's stirring in your heart, but... Uh, Let's just pray here at the end. Holy Spirit, would you move in in our hearts today as we walk out of here? uh, Seal the message you want us to keep as we leave. Spirit, would would you right now just speak to those you want to minister in a specific way this morning, to have them come for prayer? Just draw them up. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this morning. It's such a good morning. You're so good to us, God. So good. Send us out. Walking in your presence, Lord. Amen.